I am Sherry Johnson, and you are about to discover how to embrace your life as a childless woman who wanted to have a family and never could. This is where we combine mindset shifting tools with practical tips so you can break free of outdated societal norms that condition us all to believe that women without kids just don't measure up to the moms. It's where we take action on processing grief and accelerating the healing journey so you can feel free. When childless women awaken their self-worth, they transform from hopeless and inadequate to worthy, accepting, and purposeful. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of light bulb moments that will shift your perspective as a childless woman about yourself, about your innate power to change yourself, your future, and maybe even the world we live in. If that's what you want, then keep on listening. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to talk about something that is a little bit controversial, or maybe some parts of it are. I'm not entirely sure how this is going to land with you, but I'm really curious about what you think. So have a listen. I'm going to talk about how to respond to that question that mothers, it's not even a question, the comment that mothers love to say, you're so lucky you don't have kids. So if you want to know more about that, keep on listening. So I remember clearly one of the few times that someone said that to me, you're lucky you don't have kids. And it honestly didn't happen very often or doesn't happen very often for me. And maybe that's because I'm quite open about my journey. You know, most people around me know that I struggle to have kids. So they're maybe a little more likely not to say that. I don't know. Anyway, the one time that I really recall clearly, a friend said it to me and she actually didn't even get the whole sentence out before she stopped herself. And that is because she knew that I struggled. She knew I had miscarriages. She knew that I had an infertility journey. She knew my history, but the thought was there. She wanted to say it. And there was an awkward moment afterwards while we both sort of caught up with what she was about to say. And she realized that maybe it was something that she shouldn't have said. What was going on with her at the time? She was actually going through a really rough time with her teenage daughter. Her daughter was getting into drugs. She was seeing someone, a boy who was very manipulative and controlling. And at home, she was argumentative. She was rude, selfish. Actually, it wasn't even just at home. It was in public. And My friend was at a loss about what to do. Her daughter and her, their relationship was deteriorating very quickly. And yet she was so truly concerned about the safety of her daughter. I understood that. I was at a point on my own healing journey where I was able to see the pain that she was in and I could empathize with her. I knew that she also didn't need suggestions from me on how to fix the situation. She just needed someone to see her, someone to see the pain that she was in. Based on where I was at on my own personal journey, I was able to do that. I was also in a place on my spiritual and my personal development journey where I could recognize that she wasn't actually romanticizing my life. She just wished in that moment that she didn't have to experience her pain and she saw in me someone who didn't have to. She also assumed that I couldn't understand. 
you're so lucky you don't have children. There's kind of this inherent assumption that we can't understand what that's like. And yet I could because empathy is not about, I know how you feel. It might be, you might be in a situation where you know exactly how that feels, but many moms actually don't know how it feels to have a daughter who's getting caught up with drugs. And that exact scenario is not one that every mother experiences. So for most of us, empathy can look like, I don't know how you feel, but I have felt pain before and I can imagine how it must feel and it sucks. Even, you know, a mother who has an only son who is an angel would have to do that because she wouldn't know how it feels. And this is what I think is missing between mothers and childless women. We've never been taught how to truly empathize with one another. Society kind of teaches us, we somehow are conditioned or we learn to run away from other people's pain. We definitely run away from our own pain, but it's also really hard to sit with someone else in their pain. And so we try to fix it or we try to minimize it or we look for the silver lining, anything to distract the person we're talking to or try to bring them to a different place so that they don't have to feel their pain and the person who's in the position to hear about it doesn't have to feel it either. The problem is that when you're just trying to come to terms with all that you've lost, your pain is still too raw to be able to sit with someone else in theirs. Even another woman who is childless and going through the same loss It's really difficult to sit with them in their pain, let alone to be able to sit with a mother in hers. And sometimes I think what happens is that parents misjudge where you might be. You know, they they might not say something like that. You're so lucky that you don't have kids. They might not say that because they think my life is so easy. It's just that they want to be outside of what they're experiencing and they misjudge where you're at. They think you're going to say right and laugh that off. They don't realize that you're still in your pain. Also, when you're just in the beginning of your journey to acceptance of your circumstances, when someone complains about their children, it feels as though they don't appreciate what they have. And when someone doesn't appreciate what they have, it makes you feel as though they don't understand your loss. So even if they just complain about their kids, even if they don't say those, however many words are in that sentence, you don't know how you're, you're lucky you don't have kids. Even if they just complain about their kids, it can feel to us as childless women that they're not appreciating what they have. And so they must not be able to understand my loss. And then they do that because they see that you don't have this problem right now that they don't know how to deal with. And so they look for someone to vent to or someone to offload that to. And they envy someone who doesn't have that problem. So I think that's kind of my breakdown as to where I think my friend was. And of course, as I said, this hasn't been said to me that many times. So there are lots of different reasons why women say it. I'm sure there are scenarios that I'm not able to cover here. But I think that's what's going on behind the scenes. So let's just kind of cover off the mistakes that we make as 
childless women when we encounter this? First of all, my mentor and coach loves to say when I complain about something, what are you making that mean about you? And we tend to make other people's comments mean something about us. And what I've learned is that most people are just thinking about themselves most of the time. Their comments don't actually have much to do with other people at all. But we as childless women make their comments mean something about us. And we're not the only ones who do this, by the way. Everybody does it. It's actually a human trait. What we make it mean is that the person we're talking to thinks our problems are less than theirs. Our problems must be less significant than a mother's. We make it mean that our life must not have as much hardship. And usually when we take it that way, when we make it mean that, there's a little tiny subconscious part of us that actually believes that might be true. And that's why we react. We feel insulted or annoyed or irritated because of course we have hardship, but there's a little part of us that thinks that actually believes maybe the mothers do have it harder. Maybe they do have it tougher. We're programmed to believe that in our society, in our society that glorifies motherhood. But what if we actually had the power to simply let go of all of that? What if what someone else says to us or about us doesn't mean anything at all about us? It only means something about them. So that's number one mistake is making other people's comments or making what other people think of us mean something about us. What other people think of us doesn't actually mean anything. Or next mistake, what if there's some legitimacy to what they're saying? I don't even think we consider this. We make the assumption that this comment, you're so lucky you don't have kids, is a flippant comment. But what if it's not? Maybe the woman in front of you who said that is someone who felt really pressured to have kids and now they're just realizing that maybe they actually didn't want them and maybe they really do feel unlucky to have been in the circumstances that they were in or maybe they got pregnant really young and it wasn't planned. It was maybe before she was ready and didn't feel as though she had a choice in the matter. So maybe there is actually some legitimacy to what she's saying. And even if she's romanticizing your life to her, that actually does seem better than her life, even if your life is hard as well. So that's the other mistake that we make is just assuming that there is no legitimacy, that they actually don't mean what they're saying when maybe they actually are. Another mistake that we make is assuming that they can't understand how we feel. So we don't even try. So when someone says something like this, we immediately judge them to be thoughtless and unappreciative of what we might be going through. And yet sometimes we don't actually even give them a chance to understand. We immediately assume that they can't. And so we don't even talk about how hard it might be on our side of the fence. We can't talk about how the grass might not be greener over here. And we assume that they're never going to understand. And so we just put the armor on and laugh it off or walk away and don't say another word about it. That's another assumption. And we don't necessarily give them a chance to show us differently. And that leads me to the next one. We let them off the hook. 
So some people do need to understand that what they've said didn't make us feel good. And we were affected by it. And yet we laugh it off or we don't say anything at all. We wait till they leave. We walk away and then we do our crying or then we do our venting to someone else. We exercise our judgment that they're a terrible person because they said such an insensitive thing. Quick interruption here to talk about creating your best year. We are just over six weeks into 2024, and if you haven't seen any improvement towards getting to your best year ever, even without kids, then you need to download my free guide on how to create it. You will discover what might be standing in the way of your best life. I've got three mistakes in there that you might be making that are keeping you stuck in grief and how you can really tap into what you truly desire in your life. You can get that free guide by going to sherryjohnson.ca slash best year. I will link that up in the bottom of the show notes so you don't have to worry about the spelling, but it's sherryjohnson.ca slash best year. It's a free guide. It's going to help you to create your best 2024, a year full of purpose and meaning and joy. So go grab that now and let's get back to the episode now. We don't show them though in that process, in that scenario that we can understand them or that we can empathize with them. We don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to share how we feel. We don't give them a chance to empathize with us and vice versa. So we automatically assume that this one comment means that they can't. They must not have the capability of empathizing with us. Letting them off the hook might actually be a mistake because it may open up that conversation or it might invite that empathy or mutual empathy. Yet we expect others to stop saying things like this. We try to educate or raise awareness. This is another mistake really, is trying to educate people or raise their awareness and get them to stop saying these things. But trying to educate or raise awareness on the whole isn't actually going to get us there. There's always going to be someone who didn't get the message. There's always going to be someone who will say that and just hasn't become aware. And if we want to change the way that people see us, if we want them to understand what we're going through, it actually starts with us. We actually need to open up. And of course, you might not feel comfortable doing that. If you're just new on your path and that's why you're here, then don't do that. You need to be in a position where you have gotten over some of the grief and you trust yourself enough not to break down and cry in front of them. Although I actually think that that's totally fine. But you need to also trust the person that you're talking to. So there's all kinds of complicating factors. I may be making this more simplistic than maybe it is. But if we want to truly raise awareness, it starts with us speaking openly about what we're feeling and connecting with the mothers who say things like this. Because they won't respond to anger. They definitely won't respond if we say nothing. If we get angry at them and share that, then they're going to get defensive and that doesn't open the connection either. 
So it's actually authentic, open-hearted conversations that can lead to that level of connection. So when you fix these mistakes, everything can change. Of course, as I said, it's not easy to change how you react to this particular comment or any others. It takes some deep reflection and some change in perspective and it can take courage and a willingness to be vulnerable in order to open up and do what I just said. And it's okay if you don't actually have that strength, the strength to muster up that courage in every given moment when something hits you, when you're triggered by some comment. But when you do, this is what can happen. You will actually feel empowered for sharing your own truth, even if it's met with some kind of resistance or a lack of understanding. When you stand up and share your truth, how you really feel instead of armoring up, laughing it off, putting on a happy face or hiding your feelings, hiding your feelings is not honoring your true self. That's not sharing your truth. That's hiding how you truly feel. That's hiding your true self. And when you actually share your own truth, it is very empowering. The other bigger thing that can happen is that the gap between mothers and childless women is bridged when you begin to share empathy between you. So your relationship opens up. It becomes different with that friend. And that can have a ripple effect. I had one of these conversations recently that I'm going to talk about on another podcast where I spoke with a mother and I was open and honest about where I was at on my childless journey. This is a brand new, I had never met her before. And the conversation that we had as a result of me opening up, I am a hundred percent confident that that conversation changed the way that she looks at childless women, that she feels about it, the way that she will interact with other childless women in her future. So that is how it starts. And The other thing that can happen is that the world becomes more comfortable with grief. We can talk more openly about our struggles and we become a more loving and empathetic world instead of a divided one. And who doesn't want more of that? So here's what to do. When you encounter someone who says, you're so lucky you don't have kids. The first thing to do first, before I even get to to how to respond Take a deep breath and assess where you are at in that moment. That might hit you like a ton of bricks and you're totally thrown off guard. Take a breath and assess. I mean, this can all happen in a matter of seconds. Do you have the strength to be courageous or not? You know, assess is this someone who's close to you or someone who's not? Is it a stranger that you don't have that energy or that strength to open that conversation with, or maybe you just don't want to, but maybe it is someone who's close to you and you care deeply about that relationship. Maybe it is worth spending your precious courage on that person. So in a matter of a few seconds, that assessment can happen. And that's when you decide how to respond. So number one, it's definitely okay to just hide your feelings and walk away or laugh it off or pretend that you're okay and you have a wonderful life. Who cares? That's okay. Number two, this is sort of a similar thing. It's saying something cheeky or something sarcastic, 
Um, maybe it's, you know, does that make you unlucky to be a parent? Do you really mean that? Do you really think it's all sunshine and roses over here? But remember that in either of these first two responses, that these responses don't necessarily open up that connection or that empathy. This one in particular might, the second one, responding with something cheeky or sarcastic or an angry response or telling them like it really is, remember that that comment will likely elicit some sort of defensiveness and division rather than empathy. And that person in the future, they might not say that thing again, but they won't understand why. They won't walk away with an understanding of why it's not the best thing to say. They won't walk away with any kind of understanding of what you're feeling. So you take that risk as well. These next couple of responses will make you feel vulnerable. And showing your vulnerability takes courage. And yet these are the responses that really honor your true self. These first couple of responses, they hide your true self. So these two are more, maybe more authentic. So if you're not in a space to sit with them in their pain, the way that I was, let them know, say to them, you know, it sounds like you're in a really tough spot right now, or you're going through a a tough time and you need empathy. And as someone who's still feeling a lot of pain myself, not being able to have kids, I just, I can't be there for you to sit with you in your pain. And that's an open and honest answer that is actually going to say to them, that wasn't an appropriate thing to say. And this is where I am at. So that's the third possibility for a response is just letting them know that it sounds like they are having a tough time. They need to vent but you're maybe not the best person to vent to based on where you're at. And if they're a friend, they will understand that. The last one is to actually empathize with them. And like I said, you need to be far enough along your healing journey to be able to do this because when you sit with someone else in their pain, when you empathize with their pain, you're going to feel some of it. So you need to be ready to do that. In this scenario, you could ask them honestly and openly, what makes them feel like as though we're lucky? What's driving that? What is it that makes you feel like you're not happy with your life and mine might be better? What is it that they think they want about the childless life? Ask them more about what they're feeling. Maybe it's, you know, we can move into a place of, how do we better understand the mothers? Because if I'm honest with myself, I definitely was not willing to empathize with them in a lot of cases. Sometimes I'm still not. And yet I'm expecting them to show support and understanding for me. So it does go both ways. And you might be surprised about where the conversation goes and how the opportunity opens up for mutual understanding when you take that first scary and courageous step. So those are my four responses that you might choose when someone says this. What I would invite you to also do once you're alone again, after this scenario has played out, get your journal out and ask yourself, 
What happened? What did it mean for you when that person said, you're lucky you don't have kids? What did you make that mean about yourself? What beliefs might be underneath of that? How did it make you feel? And write about that so that you can really get to the heart of what was that really about? How were you interpreting that comment? How were you interpreting their meaning? And what might you do differently? When you get that all out on paper, it's astonishing to me what comes out on paper that is swirling around in your head that you didn't even know was in there. And it can be so enlightening. So do that. Okay, so let's summarize. Just wrapping up here, what I'm hearing is that a lot of childless women are really reactive to the comment, you're so lucky you don't have kids. And I understand why. I used to be as well, although this is a comment that I haven't experienced all that often. We talked about the mistakes or the misconceptions that we make as childless women And then also four different responses, possible responses that you could use. I vote for the answers that really honor your true authentic self and where you're at. And also invite maybe some conversation between mothers and childless women if you're in a place to have that. Because I envision a world where that gap between mothers and childless women is bridged where we can understand each other and support each other in a way that's really meaningful. So now that you know some of these responses, you've heard my take on this, I would love to know what you think. So write me a review or head on over to Instagram and send me a DM. Tell me your opinion. Tell me what you thought. I would love to hear from you. That's it for today. Until next week. Bye for now.